Welcome to The Coaching Circle, a podcast where we explore the world of coaching, business and personal evolution with me, NLP Master Trainer, Coach and your host, Tony Everard. Inspiring conversations and deep dives into every aspect of your coaching and wellbeing business with experts in their field to help you stand out as the expert in yours. Get ready, let's go. In this episode of The Coaching Circle, we're going to be talking about why visibility is important in business. And this is really one of my favorite topics. So I'm super excited for this. And I know my very special guest today is going to drop some absolute gold. So hold on to your earphones. Jemima Ashley is an award-winning entrepreneur and best-selling author, and she's a keynote speaker. She had a 13-year career in law enforcement and then left the Australian Federal Police and went on to start multiple six-figure businesses. She's released a best-selling book. She's won multiple awards and she's even been named as Australia's top 10 entrepreneur in 2022. And not only that, Jemima's spoken across stages across the globe with some really big names like Gary Vee and individual interviewed absolute legends like uh, Tim Ferriss from the 4-Hour Workweek. And there's so much more that I can't give credit to in this short introduction. But let me tell you, I'm very excited to have Jemima here. So welcome, Jemima Ashley. Hey, Tony. Thanks for having me. So excited to be here. Yeah. I, um, you know, we've obviously met through uh, BX Business Networking mm-hmm. and uh, and we've had some interesting times that has helped form that relationship a little bit closer yeah. over the last few months. Haven't uh, we? <laughs> and, you know, I think one of the beautiful things is when you go through some challenges with people, um, you work out who's on your team and you get to know each other. And it's been a mm-hmm. real pleasure getting to know you over the last few months. And I'm, I'm really excited about what it is that you do and what you can share today. So I would love, you know, just to start, Jemima, with if you mm. could just tell us a bit about, you know, what led you to become, you know, the the business coach and, and you know, founder of the Visibility Lab and why is it important to you about what it is you do? Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, thank you for having me. It's so excited. Uh, yeah, we've certainly faced our own uh, little kind of trials and tribulations. People should take us out for a few drinks and geez, we have some stories. Um, so, yeah, visibility for me was one of the, it's so split right because I had this really well-known career in law enforcement I just spent 13 years with like really high like top secret security clearances and everything that goes along with that if anyone's dealt with those you'll know exactly what I'm talking about um where you can't be seen and can't be heard now I'm like everywhere so it's this real polar opposite kind of job where I was like oh yeah I want to get featured in Qantas magazine thanks that'd be great um so yeah what ends up happening is I I have this job that was just super secret and I got really burnt out. I got really tired because like in law enforcement, no one's having a good day. It's all very miserable. No one's loving mm. their life. Everyone's feeling exhausted all the time. It's no one's stolen puppies, right? I was like in human trafficking and people mm. smuggling. It was really high stress situations. Not a heavy and stuff. Really heavy. And I was like, I just don't want to do this anymore. My soul felt really tired. And um, it started all very by chance. This whole thing was really by chance. And it was for what I refer to as kind of following the bunny a little bit. And the first thing was, I'm going to I'm gonna start a jewelry business, which sounds so intuitive, like intuitively wrong. I started a business where I made jewelry and I made fashion jewelry and I loved it. I love product businesses, but I loved the creative part. What I liked more was the learning to market. And intuitively, I very much knew the step-by-step process. And I will credit law enforcement because you have to do that and then that to do this, to mm. do that. So I learned how to do structure. I learned how to do systems really well. And I just intuitively knew. So very early on in this process, I threw myself into everything. I am nothing if not a nerd. 
And I learned every single thing under the sun. <laughs> and with that, man, I could then help other people. So people would say like, oh, I don't know if I should create like a website or have just have a Facebook page. And like, well, you need to really do both. But let me explain in detail why and could create arguments for each case. So I was sort of coaching before I knew even really what that was. I started a business podcast because I thought that was going to be a really good way of kind of sharing what I was learning. And the real kicker for me was that I learned in 2018 that 97% of female-led startups fail in the first five years. And that became the absolute kick for me. I was like, we aren't failing because we aren't great at what we do. We fail because mm. no one knows who we are. And I was like, mm. how do we change that? And that became my core mission of getting women particularly visible, owning their shit, owning how great they are, earning their, earning their own voice, Mm. And then using the skills that I had learned by building businesses, by starting podcasts, by writing books and being like, I can teach you how to do this because if I can, you can. Nothing special about me. I can, you know, if she can, if I can, she can. Yeah. Let's help. Yeah. And that's where this whole thing came from. Uh, I, and I, I love that so much, Jemima, because, you know, I, I work with women, predominantly women as well in the coaching space. And I know the three big problems that they have is fear of being visible Mm-hmm. money blocks and lack of confidence in their in their skills right mm-hmm. and and so this is something that's quite common especially through that women you know coaching kind of space so so the visibility I think is is one thing right it's like okay so you've got to show up but what do you feel like are some of the biggest challenges that you come across people have when it comes to being visible I mean there's that this is what you need to do but what about from the personal aspect um, so the first thing we say is get very, very clear on a personal brand. Who are you? Mm. And more importantly, what do you want to be known for? Mm. What problem do you solve? Who do you solve that problem for? And then amplify and buckle down on that, right? But yeah. who are you in the whole scheme of this thing? People have, and it, it is it is a universal problem, but women are, are very... Um, I hear this a lot more from my female clients than my male clients because I do work with men, but they have to like women. That's kind of one of the key things with that is that are they, do, do you do you want to be known for this? Is this something that you want your name associated with? Because when we're starting this process, very easily we are, we're like, oh, I'm just, I do my business. That's what I do. No, you need to build a personal brand along with that. Mm, yeah. I think that's really important, Jemima, because, you know, I know for me, when I started my business, I could never come up with a business name because I was like, I, well, that the business might change, but I want people to know who Tony Everard is and what she stands for and what that's mm-hmm. about. So if you see that name, you're going to know what what's around that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so it's, you think of this in the sense of like Tony Robbins has done a great name of leveraging off him, but he has Unstoppable Full Conference. He has women leadership. He has, you know, he, ha- he is who he is and he has the businesses on the side. Mm-hmm. I have now had four businesses. So, and I've sold two of them and two of them I'm still working in and I love it, but also like Jemima Ashley can trade on her name. You invited Jemima Ashley to speak on this podcast, not the Visibility Lab. Mm. And you did that because you knew who I was. And I've been very clear about what problem I solve, where I'm going with this, what this is going to look like. And all of this stuff becomes super important when you're building visibility and more importantly, just getting your name out there. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And And I think, you know, one of the common things that I see, um with like the clients that I work with is often that they will have you know the website or they'll have mm-hmm. the Facebook page or whatever and there's a lovely logo but you're like I've got no idea whose business this is yeah and 
it's an extreme detriment to them in the bottom line. And it's like, oh, I'm going to get judged for what I'm doing. You're going to get judged either way. Mm. Like people are going to like you or they're not going to like you. A part of this is you have to stop caring what other people think a little bit. Mm. And that can take some time. But what if we got really clear about who, who you were? So one of the things I do with my clients is the first thing I get them to do is write down 10 things that you want to be known for. What could, what, what hills are you willing to die on? Mm. And then focus only on that. Because if you're trying to do media, and I'm sure we'll get into this, but if you're trying to do media and you're trying to get, you know, it's 24-hour media cycle, you can get TV interviews tomorrow. I can book anyone that's listening to this right now for interviews tomorrow. That's easy to do. But is Mm. it about stuff that you want to be known for? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really really important, isn't it? What do you want to Mm -hmm. be known for? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, very easy. I'm, I'm loving watching Tony's face right now. She's like, that's a really good question. Like, what hills are you willing to die on? For me, it's women's rights. I mean, like, let's go about that. But it meant that sometimes I get phone calls about, like, women's reproductive health. I'm like, this isn't for me. Well, mm. let me give you someone that can talk about it. Women's rights, yes. Women's reproductive health rights, not ma- not mine, but let me give you someone that can speak about that. Um, Me talking about visibility and me talking about why you should have social media, absolutely part of my wheelhouse just as much as and I can also be known as that I can also be known as a fierce feminist who loves pink and you know we'll definitely go to the Taylor Swift concert when she's here versus you know the person who will um who also runs a networking group and loves media and PR you can be more than one thing but get clear about who that person is as a whole person as a personal brand Mm, yeah I love that I love that really powerful really powerful so you know, so I, I would love to, I'm sure you've got some uh, um, some tips that you want to share with us or I'm hoping you've got some tips because I know that you're full of information so it would be really great if you can. Um, but I would love to know, you know, like for yourself, Jemima, like this whole business thing, like you said, you've done, mm. you know, four, you know, six-figure businesses and all those kinds of things and bought and sold and kept going. And um, what do you think for you, has been some of the biggest challenges in having your own business and growing your own businesses? Probably the biggest challenge, which is also the greatest opportunity, I guess, was realising very early on that the law enforcement crowd that I had and the friends around me were not the people I needed around me moving forward. Mm. So there was a really simple thing that happened when I quit my job and it was a very high paying six figure salary and I was like my job was very powerful at what I did and I loved it and I was suddenly able to jewelry business mm-hmm. and I remember getting invited to a friend's birthday party and it was a very like this is what we do this is who my friends were and I understood that and here was the day we're going to go out in the boat we're going to go and do this we're going to go out for drinks we're going to go and do that everyone's going to put money in it was going to be about a five or six hundred dollar day that I probably would have been like not really battered an eyelid on because before there was cash coming in, there was a guarantee and suddenly I have not that guarantee anymore. And I had to look at it and was like, no, I can't afford this actually. I'm not, this is not where my time is best spent. Um, I had fallen into the trap of drinking a lot with a lot of my my law enforcement friends and my friends in that circle. That wasn't mm. helpful because mm. I don't handle hangovers very well and I would lose the next day. Here's the thing, when you're working for yourself, that's a whole eight to 10 hours where you could be doing something that's practical and building a business. Yeah. So I had to start making some choices. So the first thing for me was I had the wrong people around me and I needed a high level network around me ASAP. That was the absolute thing that absolutely biggest issue I had because once I was no longer the smartest person in the room, my life became much better. 
Mm, yeah, I think that is so important because, you know, one of the things that I, I do with, you know, when I teach people NLP and, and those kinds of things is that I've mm. got a community because it's like if you're moving into a space where you're thinking differently, you're talking differently, you're you're growing a business, mm-hmm. the people that ha- you've hung out with before aren't likely going to support that. Not, not that they're necessarily going to sabotage it, but they just won't get it necessarily. And it's really important to have the people around you. I, I like, and, and I think both from peers, but also people who inspire you, you know, like one of the things I've always said is I'll pay for proximity, right. To get as close as I can to the people who mm-hmm. make what I want reality. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not a diss to those people at all. And I think this kind of leads into the other lesson that I had around kind of networking was around stop having entrepreneurial conversations with people who aren't entrepreneurs. Yeah. Stop having work conversations. If you said to my best friend, who I have been friend, best friends with this woman since we were four years old, I am an aunt to her pet, her kids. I am godparent. I am that person. You, she, I am the like, she accidentally killed someone and I'm going to help bury the body person. Mm-hmm. She could tell you nothing about my job. She'll tell you elements. She travels a lot. She does speaking stuff. She doesn't care. And Mm. it's not that she doesn't care or support it. It's just she doesn't get it. And I'm not expecting her to. And me expecting her to is such a detriment to her and my relationship because Mm -hmm. this is so important to me, but also I have to be more than just my job also Mm. because, you know, this will one day all go away and it has to be something else. But this network of people around me, like you should have people that don't care about it and I shouldn't be talking to her about you know, I'm thinking about running some Facebook marketing ads. I've never done it before. Maybe like, she's going to look at me and go like, yeah, I asked you what you want for dinner. I don't, I don't care about that. Yeah. Yeah. I only and, have entrepreneur conversations with entrepreneurs. Absolutely. And that extends to your partner as well, right? Like it can be yeah. easy for people to go, yeah. oh, my partner, I share everything with my partner and they support me. And it's like, if they're not entrepreneurial, they're not going to give you good advice and they're not going to get it. They might not even be interested. Like, and you can't take that personally. It's just like, that's, you've got to find the people that that's have those conversations. Yeah. A hundred percent. Agree. A hundred percent. Yeah. Okay, good. I love that. All right. So yeah, definitely a challenge. I think that everyone can relate to um, and a really important part because sometimes it can feel like, you know, when you move into this space of having your own business and, and changing the way you think that you have to leave people behind because sometimes I'm like, you I've got a couple of really good close friends that I've had since, you know, school, but uh, there's a whole lot of people that I, I, I don't spend as much time with now. Um, but you have to really literally get into that space of going, who am I going to bring in? Yeah. And I think that it's not about cutting people off, but you are going to have to make some choices. This yeah. isn't about burning every relationship to the ground, but if you're doing, if you're even listening to this podcast, if you're looking at entrepreneurship, you are here to make a bigger impact. Yes. There are some people who are very happy with nine to five. That yeah. like, like some of my friends love they fact they start at night, work at nine o'clock. They walk to work on the same route. They go to work all day. Yeah. They largely have the same lunch on Friday. They get like an order in thing from Uber Eats. They'll go home and on Saturday they'll have dinner with their parents. On Sunday they'll have a day off. And they do the whole thing in four days a week, they go to the gym. That's my definition of hell, I'm pretty sure. But <laughs> yeah. those people love it and thrive yeah. under those conditions. We are all unique little creatures who are running around all trying different stuff and trying to make what works. Yeah. If you're even thinking about this route, that's not for you. Yeah. Yeah. And you absolutely. probably already know that this isn't going to be shocking news. It might be an acknowledgement of, oh, 
But that is the dream we were sold. That was the only dream that was sold. So therefore, yeah. I think most people are complacent that that's the only thing I can do. Yeah. I, I, I was talking to a coach friend the other day and I said, you know, one of the things I know for myself is that I have mm-hmm. a high desire for variety. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I can't do that nine to five Monday to Friday thing. Like it's just not, it doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that is my definition of hell in like yeah. a better word. Absolute <laughs> definition of hell. <laughs> yeah. Well, cool. Well, thanks for sharing that, Javon. Like I said, I think that's something everyone can relate to. And and I would love to know, like, what do you think? Mm. When, if we bring this back to visibility in your area mm. of expertise, what do you think are the key things that, you know, someone who's, you know, starting their business or new in business or whatever else that they they really need to know about being more visible that could really help them make a, you know, a real uh, turning point or, or business changing kind of decision? You need to, whatever you're doing and wherever you are in the journey, go back to the foundational stuff. So I've talked about personal brand a little bit earlier. This is important. Familiarity is exactly what we need to bring bring here. Mm. We need to have every person, every person should know your name. It should be recognizable. It shouldn't feel jarring. It shouldn't feel like I have to learn who this person is. We have to educate our clients over time. So the first thing is getting really clear on your personal brand. This includes things like color, font, uh, language that you're happy to use, what clothing you're turning up in, what outfits you would wear to a networking group. Um the you know and and social media social media you have to brand appropriately with that same colors same fonts same logo same signature logo I've had the same colors and same fonts for five years and when I want to add something else I do I just slowly integrate and Mm. make it change and I follow people um I had created such a good personal brand and I started my business journey while I was living in Canberra I'm in Melbourne now but I lived in Canberra during the time there was a candidate who ran for the Liberal Party and they use the same colour and people oh. rang me and were like, congrats on running for Parliament, so good. I'm like, what the hell are you people all talking about? <laughs> it's the exact same hex colour that I had had books, social media, everything. This is the thing with this kind of stuff, social media-wise, we have to get really clear and promoting stuff every day. We have to build familiarity. We have to have branded stuff. Now, I'm not saying spend five hours and get a degree in Canva. You don't need to do that. But for a hundred dollars, you can get some really good tiles made on Fiverr. Mm, My yeah. guy does like a hundred tiles in like for two hundred dollars. It's nothing for all of our clients, right? We have a graphic designer we work with there. Um, the next thing is media and PR. Understand how easy it is when you have that foundational. When people can look at your social media and go, "I know who she is, who she stands for, what he's doing, where that, what that company does." When you're clear about it, when you know what problem you solve, when that's the only thing you're talking about. Immediate go to your profile, they get it. Yeah. But if you're jumping and changing and be like, here's a photo of my kid, here's a photo of the new plant, here I am over at Crystal Cave, here I am at the beach, like that's a really good wellness influencer kind of thing. But business wise, not helpful. So get really, you can have parts of that, but you have to be really clear. Social media strategy is really important here. But mm. when it comes to media, the first thing they're going to do is socials. Yeah. How many followers? Who are you talking to? What are you talking about? Now, let's give you some actual tips. Source Bottle, S-O-U-R-C-E, Bottle, one of the greatest sites in the world. It is completely free unless you get an expert profile um, with this whole idea that journalists can post looking for sources, why it's called source, uh, looking for sources to talk about different media things. So that can include 
Facebook, like that can include, um, I've seen Channel 7, I've seen The Project, Mamma Mia, Qantas Magazine, um, The Age, Joe Blog's blog. Um, everyone can use this and it is completely free. It's a resource that you can go and look at right now. This Great. is also what you're about to know what you're talking about because you can get very lost talking about everything. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's source bottle. Okay, great. I'm going to check that one out myself. It's really great. There's another one too. If you're looking at having more of an American or UK area, go and check out Harrow, H-A-R-O. It stands for Help a Reporter Out. Um, and they that mailing list though is a bit of a dog's breakfast. So buckle in because it's all over the place. It right. is like there is Forbes in there. There is really great magazines, but you can't tell who they are most of the time. Mm, okay, good, good. So, all right. So that's just getting in the media, getting in front, because that, you know, that is something that comes up for people sometimes. And they think, mm-hmm. oh, okay, you know, I've got a, I've got a story. I want to go to the media, but how do I actually get there? Yeah, exactly. So that's one way of getting there. The next one is just contacting places that would care about your story. So uh, for women who are running women's story, who have lifestyle stories, who are interested in like in personal development, you know, contacting Mamma Mia directly on their website and saying, I've got this interesting story, what do you think, is not a bad way of getting a story pitched. I think people don't realise that if you want to be featured somewhere or even on a podcast of somebody, contact them, reach Mm. out, say hello. Yeah. Yeah. Very easy way of getting seen and featured very quickly. And, and and I think as well doing that, right, with the attitude of how can I help these people? Like what is it that I'm going to provide that's going to add value to them or their readership or their yeah, audience? For sure. Yeah, for yeah. sure. We had a lot of people who um who reached out to me when, you know, I've had podcasts in the past and they've like reached out and they're like, oh, can you interview me? I'm so good. And I kept always coming back with this idea and this is where it really formulated for me about yeah, what I'm I'm giving you the platform. What are you giving to my people? Because I get protective over my people, right? Very mm. protective over now. What are you adding to this situation? Why yeah. would I give you a platform? What are you going to do that's better? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it, it all comes down to relationship building, right? Like, you know, For that's sure. the thing people often say to me, oh, Tony, you know, how did you build your business? And it literally always comes back to the relationships that I built with people at different stages of my yeah. business. Yeah. And I think people underestimate that so much. You would see this all the time too, that people underestimate the relationship of that you built a year ago or two years ago or three years ago can come back in really beautiful ways. I've had, I had a listener of a podcast who's now a client of mine and paying me, you know, $700 a month, um, who was a listener of a podcast back in 2016. Mm. They signed a year ago. Like that's a long time to watch somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a very long time, but, like, this is what happens when you are in this environment. You yes. get known, you get built, and people raise their hand when they're ready, and it's not always when you think it's going to be. There's a sense of urgency that a lot of people bring in coach-wise. They're like, I have to get all the clients, and, you know, it's this this takes time. This is yeah. a summer activity again and again and again, and that's all that visibility is. You don't get to skip to the end I keep telling clients when they're like I want to do lots of media and I was like well great I love that you want to be in Forbes but you're gonna have to do terrible blogs to begin with you are Mm. going to have to interview in podcasts when nobody knows your name you are going to have to eat some eat some words at the moment and just get because one at the moment for you is greater than zero you Mm. don't get to skip to the end and none of this is accidental 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think, you know, that is the that is the thing. It's just a matter of saying yes a lot sometimes, isn't it, when you get yeah. started. It's just like, yes, I will do that and I'll share it so people can see that I'm actually out there doing stuff mm-hmm. and, um, and see where it goes from there. And I think, you know, I think that long game, uh, just uh, another interview, I just did the last one actually, we were talking about the long game in business and just like mm-hmm. what you said there, like people, I've worked with people who I went to school with, who I worked with previously, who like, you know, have followed me and people are always watching, even if they're not liking or commenting or whatever on your stuff, they're watching, yeah? If you want to see the difference between this, go and put like a post up. Just go and put, if you really want to see this in action in very practical ways, go and put a post up. Just go and put, you know, Tony and I on a call, yeah, we take a little photo, we post that and see how many people like or engage with that. Run the exact same picture on your stories and watch how many people are truly seeing it. It is unnerving. You will have about, on average, for people about a 20% engagement rate. So mm. if you're liking it, 100 people saw it. This is what's really important about this because people are watching. You posting every day matters for real mm. reason. It's this sum of activity. You are not going to annoy anyone. And even if you do and they unfriend you, so be it. They were never going to buy from you anyway. Mm. Let them go. Yeah, I, I often say that. I've, I have I can't remember where I heard it, but it's like, do you think like Nike or Coca-Cola care if anyone thinks that they're there too often? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are you, are you okay? You've bought two Coca-Colas this day. Are you all right? Is everything all right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, fabulous. Oh, so there's some, that's some real gold there. Is there anything else that you've got to share, Jemima, that in this whole visibility thing that you think is, you know, key yeah, so kind of the, the key things that were kind of already covered off on the personal brand, we've got building the high-level network, getting on social media, getting media pictures. The final thing, sort of the, the fifth thing and the absolute key thing I want you people, everyone to look at is awards. I cannot stress to you how important awards and award applications truly are. Awards mm. are absolutely pivotal if you're trying to build your business. I just listen to so many people just go, oh, no, can't do that can't do that, got like real tight butt, can't do it, really nervous, can't do it. The great thing is that every business category has this category called new business, which is for businesses in the first 12 months. Almost every business award runs these, which means you can be three, six or nine months or 12 months old and still apply for them and it still be valid and still warranted. Whatever you were thinking, you were ready. Yeah. I I, Look, I think that's such a great point, Jemima, because... If you're a person who has enough courage mm-hmm. and thought and, you know, wants to solve some kind of a problem because that's essentially mm-hmm. what a business is and mm-hmm. you're willing to take that step and put yourself out there and do it, absolutely you deserve to get nominated for an award. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. Absolutely. I think and it's really jarring to me when people say things like, oh, no, I, I wouldn't win. It's not about the prize at the end. This has to have an element of you can just enjoy the journey of this one. Mm. You can just enjoy that it is a really fun process and then it could be a little bit difficult, but it could be great or it could be um, or it could be uh, it could be a finalist or I could be a winner or I could like I could go to an awards night. This whole process is designed one as an audit. How are you doing? What are you ignoring? What have you overthought? What have you underthought about? 
Example, sustainability, how much stuff are you doing with charity? Huge questions you always get asked about. But if you aren't building something and maybe you could make yourself a better business, make yourself more, put yourself in the more philanthropy kind of area, these things over time are important. Mm. It's a great way to audit your business, see what's happening, gauge how you're truly doing. Yeah. You know, I think it's an interesting thing that I've found, Jemima, you know, over the years I've been, you know, nominated and been finalists and, you know, won a couple of awards and things like that. And one of the things that I've I've found really interesting is mm-hmm. how much people love getting behind me when, like, like they're cheering for me, right? Like if I share, I yep. like, oh, I've been nominated or I'm a finalist or I've won this award. Like it's like other people enjoy that. Like, you know, like I, it's it's really incredible feeling. Like people are just like, oh, good on you because, you know, I've been watching you and it's well-deserved and, and, and they just really love it. So I think even from that space, it's not even a selfish thing. Like people that you know want to see you succeed. Of, of course they do. And, you know, in, in exactly the same breath, pay attention to those who don't clap when you're winning. Like there are people who also like, and just gauge, like I'm not saying get vindictive or slash anyone's tires. That was a joke. Don't do that. (laughs) But the point, like the point here is make sure, like just make, like just watch what people, how people are reacting to this, the same coin. Because again, right people, I've certainly had a lot of people that looked like they were cheering, but absolutely weren't. Example, did a book launch. One of what I would refer to as my work husband, he didn't buy a book. Oh. He didn't really ever say congratulations when stuff happened. He'd also yeah. be very quick to tell you how great he was going. And there was yeah. never like when things were like, oh, that's bad for you, but listen, what's happening to me. And I was like, oh, I'm a mirror for you. You have no interest in what's happening with me. And I stopped calling and guess what happened? That relationship ended. Yeah. So you have to remember like, you know, watch who's paying, who who's supporting and watch who's not. Because yeah. those people are either your tribe or get rid of them now. They are not going to help you in the future. Um, and remember that a true friend and a true circle will go, I think you're fucking something up now. Let's talk. Like if a true person's like, listen, Tony, I love this podcast, but we need to talk about that last bit. I'm not sure about, you know what I mean? Like she should be able to come in and help you and course correction. Give some kind of constructive feedback. Yeah. And I think that's a really important thing, Jemima, because um, I haven't come across it a lot, but definitely there's, you know, probably one or two people across the time where um, I think, you know, and I think what this really comes down to is when you've had a relationship with people and they mm. see how you fit in their model of the world, mm-hmm. when you shift outside of that, like you said, it's yeah. a bit of a mirror, they can only reflect on themselves and go, well, where am I really at now? Like if, if you know, because I thought where I was at was okay because you were at that with me. Now mm-hmm. you're over here and I'm like, am I still okay with where I am? And, but most people don't have that awareness and they just project it. Yeah, and it's totally it's totally fine when people do that, mm. but be aware of it. Like that's their journey, not yours. Don't carry that. Like really yeah. important. And it is one of those things and it, it, it's hard to explain to people when they start this journey. Relationships will end. Friendships yeah. will end. And because you are forcing people, when you start something like this, you are forcing people to look at their own life yes what they think is reality is suddenly shifted mm-hmm. a bit yeah well and also like this is but this is what we do Tony we eat pizza every night and we watch on Wednesday and we watch criminal minds what do you mean we're not doing that anymore mm. and you're like well it's not 
But Maybe. I mean, you don't want to go clubbing till like sunrise anymore. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, oh, what do you mean? I want to work. I I want to do stuff on Sunday. Yeah, vomit and do what everyone else does. And we have super hungover and we'll get McDonald's for dinner. No. Yeah. You know, this stuff has a last name. And when you go, you know, and I think this is a thing that's not discussed enough. I think about adult relationships ending and friendships ending. But, mm. you know, I think we, I, th- I think of relationships as a bit of a circle. Like we all do a lap together and then it gets to a point where we we commit or, you know, commit or not. Mm. And we go, we can do another lap again and we get to decide. And sometimes you just get off. You're like, this circle, I'm done yeah. with this ride. I want to go and try this ride. The teacups has been brilliant, but I want to do a roller coaster for a bit or vice versa. I want to have some stability for a bit. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, the interesting thing, I, this kind of conversation always reminds me when my daughter finished primary school, like she'd mm. been like the kind of the queen of the primary school kind of thing, you know, like year seven, like I know mm-hmm. that what's going on and yeah. kind of owning yeah. it. And then it's like, now we're going to step into high school. And she was just like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> You're like, well, I, honey, you're not going to get a choice on this one. Yeah, and um, but I was like, can you just imagine if, like, if you for the rest of your life had the exact same friends that you had in primary school, wouldn't that yeah. be boring? And she said, no, that would be. <laughs> <laughs> oh, honey, oh, sweetheart. But you know, she was a primary school child, right? And um, and she's since grown on, and she's about to move off to Queensland and make a whole new group of friends and stuff, which is very yeah. exciting. But um, yeah, but I think it's, it's a natural life. progression of life, right? Is that you will move on and meet new mm-hmm. people and have new experiences, and I think business is just one of those things that kind of, um, you know, sometimes can just speed that up or make it a little bit more mm-hmm. obvious, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm, mm. For sure. And I think that that's something that we probably don't acknowledge enough, especially mm. in this journey. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I've really loved those tips, Jemima. So, and we've talked a bit about, you know, the challenges in business, mm. but like, what would you say? What is the absolute highlight? Like, what is it that you really love that keeps you doing this business thing through all the challenges and everything else? What is the real highlight for you? Such a good question. Um, it, it sounds really corny, but I think there's something really magic when I get to stand on stage and present and tell a story and I watch people change or pivot or change something in their business. That's really life-changing for me. Um, I think there's something really powerful when I see my name in magazines and I'm doing stuff like, oh, I'm in the project this week or sunrise calls and I get to see that kind of real validation and particularly when I'm pitching other clients. But ultimately, I think it comes down to making impact on businesses who deserved always to be seen. Mm. I think there's a lot of people who don't um, take the voice for it, who don't want to claim their space as their own, and that can become very, um, very jarring, I think, for me because I'm like, well, but you're great. Like, everyone should know your name. People are like, no, 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 no one should know who I am. I'm not interested. And you're like, no, but really it's going to be great. Mm. So, yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting. I think watching people take, like, claim their own stake is really important to me. Like, that's the thing that likes yeah. me. Yeah, absolutely. And I really get that because that's the thing that drives me, right, is, like, mm-hmm. I love helping people who help people because I know I can never help as many people myself one-to-one as if I can help other people help their people right it's Mm -hmm. just that kind of ripple effect and I think you know it's almost like you kind of like for me I feel like who am I not to be helping people yeah who and I think this is something that we don't talk about like who are you not to help if you have the solution to the problem you should be helping every way possible Mm, yeah yeah I love that I love that 
Amazing. Well, Jemima, I feel like, you know, we could keep talking for a long time because there's so much to this content um, and, you know, you are a, a real expert in your field and you've had a wealth of experiences and knowledge and wisdom. And uh, But I know that you share that in um, in other ways as well. So, um, you know, what is what is the best way? Because I know you've got the Visibility Lab, which mm. is your program where you, you help people get more visible. Um, but what is the best way that people can kind of get around you or, you know, get in contact with you? Yeah, easiest ways I'm on all of the socials, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, all of the stuff. Uh, email is also really good. I'm sure we'll have that in the show notes, but uh, yeah. hello at com will get to me. Um, and also, yeah, just reach out, like ask for tips, go get free downloadables. There's tons of stuff you guys can go and get, free awards lists, free media tips, free videos, go and grab them because they're all there. Yeah, fabulous. I definitely will have all of that in the show notes because you've got mm-hmm. a whole resources page, haven't you, on your website? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, cool. And like one final question, Jemima, I always love to ask people because, you know, I know in this business kind of thing that people, it can become your whole life sometimes and I know you were talking about having friends outside of that which is really cool but what what do you actually do for fun what so fun what's that kidding uh so (laughs) I have a very very strong social group um and I'm very lucky for that and none of them are in entrepreneurship so that's really important Mm. um but my favorite thing is to travel so I do a lot of travel for work anyway um, Tony, I often get to see you in Adelaide, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, but outside of that, going to do other things, theatre shows, go to comedy stuff, go to improv. Um, you know, I spent yeah. yesterday, it was a Sunday here in Melbourne yesterday, and I spent the day again just getting lost in streets, going to art galleries, trying little, you know, just having that thing that isn't work-based um, and just exploring. Like, honestly, just getting lost in any city that I'm in, it's really fun. And the great thing is Uber can pick you up from anywhere and get you back to where you need to go to. Yeah. You know, how lost you get. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I think is that like a thing when you're interested in presenting because I'm I'm really I love comedy. I grew up mm. with um my mum playing Billy Connolly like records final. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> yeah. Great. Um and but I, I just love the way that they present and that they storytell and all those kinds yeah. of things and they reframe things and, and the improv. So you know, uh, and uh, and all those kinds of things. I, I love that as well. See, we've got yeah. more in common than we, we probably even know, yeah. Jemima. Yeah, I've been an improv teacher for about 10 years. I love it. It's one of my favorite You're an improv years. teacher? Yeah, yeah, I do. Oh. I've done a few years. I love it. I love it. I think it's one of the funnest things in the world. Oh, my God. There's something else I've got to pick your brain about at another we'll time. Cla- we'll do some classes in Adelaide. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fabulous. Well, Jemima Ashley, thank you so much for coming on and being a guest on the Coaching Circle. I know there's so much gold in here. I'll be having a re-listen and taking some notes myself. <laughs> and, Call anytime. Um, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, thank you again. It's been amazing. Anytime. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to The Coaching Circle. We hope you enjoyed the conversation today. Please like, share and subscribe to our podcast to stay up to date with all our latest episodes. You, my friend, are awesome. So keep coaching and keep evolving.